Marina wants me to always just start on time. I try. I hate to start when everybody's not here, but uh, anyway, we're going to start. All right. I start putting together a Bible study and try to make it for one lesson. I think I probably got enough material for two in one, so when it gets to be 10, 15, I'll be quitting. Let's stand together. I want to sing a little chorus this morning. Good. We're talking about prayer today, and uh, until Brother Camarina tells me, hey, that's enough, we're just going to keep going here for a while, because, boy, I've got a mind and a heart full of things that I want to share with you. Little course says, you got it, sister? Yes. Many years ago, my father was employed in a job that he had to be gone for the whole week. And my mother would be left at home with, I don't know whether it was two or three of us, a couple of honorary boys, mischievous boys. And uh, why are you laughing? But we would take dad to a place where he would catch a ride with other men. And they would uh, go on, that would be Sunday afternoon. And they would drive quite a long distance to a place where they stayed in the barracks of a logging camp. And uh, logging is very, very dangerous business. On the way home from leaving dad, my mother would begin to sing this course almost every Sunday afternoon for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And it became engraved in my mind. And the words are so true. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of will grow strangely dim in the light. Heaven bless as we go into your word and be 
begin to study and begin to consider things that bring value to our spiritual well-being. And we are giving the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I have uh, been meditating on this subject for quite some time, ever since I knew that we were going to wind up the study about seven men and the two natures. And the uh, subject we're going to be dealing with, that is my desire to deal with for the next few weeks, I don't know how many lessons I will be able to put together on this, but there is no end of material and things to talk about with regard to the subject of prayer. Prayer is very important in the life of any Christian. And I'm going to forewarn you that I'm probably going to say some things that you're going to find a little strange, but I want you to endeavor to not be critical and to analyze what I say and see if you're able to apply these things in your life and develop a more intimate relationship with your God. Amen. Amen. God desires intimacy. Amen. Amen. Praise God. As we begin to hear the expressions that are made many times by people who really don't know God and they think they know what prayer is, uh, we must come to the place where we define prayer as communication with God. That means a two-way communication. Did you understand that? Two-way communication. If it's just you, gimme, 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 then you are not praying. You have got to be able to worship God and to thank God and to express to Him all of the things that uh, God has provided for you in your life. Amen. Excuse me, I forgot to turn this thing off already. Just one moment here. Okay, that's resolved. And that was an indication for all of you to do the same thing. <laughs> Amen. God desires intimacy with us. As we study prayer, we must say it consists of many different things which we will study as we move through this extended study regarding prayer. No one needs to feel embarrassed if they do not know how to practice prayer in a proper and meaningful way. Do not ever feel embarrassed. And I'm not going to put you on the spot at any time, but I want you to understand perfectly uh, what prayer means or what it can mean in your life. Amen? The disciples of Jesus thought they knew how to pray. They were brought up as loyal, faithful Jews, and they undoubtedly frequented the meetings in their synagogues on a regular basis, made their pilgrimage once or twice a year to Jerusalem to participate in special ceremonies at the temple in Jerusalem, and they thought they knew how to pray until they began to hear Jesus pray. And they realized that they really did not know how to communicate with God. And so their request was, Lord, teach us to pray. 
teach us to pray. Now, we're not going to go into the Lord's Prayer today, but we will be going into the Lord's Prayer in future weeks, and I'm going to break it down, and we're going to analyze it. I want you to analyze it with me and to understand the order of prayer and how it should be done. Amen? Amen. Because if we do it right, we're going to get the right results. All right? Right. Amen. If any, any of you that deal with computers, you understand. If you don't put in the right information, you're not going to get the right answer. <laughs> it's just all there is to it. And uh, computers are very unforgiving. Uh, but in, with, with regard to prayer, we've got to do it as we are instructed to do it by Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. It is unfortunate, but many people, even some who profess to be Christian, do not really know what prayer is, what it consists of, nor how it should be practiced. Uh, We attended at um, uh, Life Center Community Church on Fremont Street for the last six years. Right across the street, there was a Buddhist temple. Oh my, there were some Sunday mornings that I just, it just pained me to hear them involved in their chants. Just chanting and chanting and chanting. I thought, oh, what, how much they are missing because they do not know how to communicate directly with God in their own words. Many religious denominations, they have what they call a prayer book. And the person that is leading the service will tell them to open to page number 186 and to read that prayer together. Uh, I'm sorry, that didn't cut it for me. Amen. I want to go to God in prayer. and, And my prayer every day is, God, I want you to direct my prayer today. Yes. Amen. I want your Holy Spirit to move on me so that I will pray those things that are in accordance with your will. Amen. Amen. And when I do that, I can get up for my prayer and know that my prayers will be answered in time, maybe immediately and maybe later, but my prayers will be answered because I prayed according to the will of God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Some consider prayer as only a means of requesting things that they have need of. And I already said, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. All right? (laughs) And uh, it's sad. Uh, Maybe I was not correct in my actions, but, you know, I always wanted to be a good pastor. And sometimes I just would walk through the congregation and I would pick up on people's prayers. And my, oh my, I just... Wow, you know, give me this, give me that, give me something else, do that, do this for me, do that for me. But if we, when we study the Lord's Prayer, we're going to find that the first thing that we do is we come into His presence yeah. with praise and worship. And, of course, uh, David made mention of that way back in the book of Psalms. Now, I'm just going to ask a few questions right now, and I don't expect you to answer me. But I want you to answer these questions in your own heart. Because the answers to these questions are going to determine 
how effective you are in your life of prayer. What is prayer to you? Is it just going to ask for things that you need? If that's all it is, I'm sorry, you're not on the right track. I'm going to be very blunt, okay? And if that is offensive, I ask you to forgive me, but that's just the way I am. Yeah. We, we've got to know truth. We've got to know it. All right? Yeah. Is it a task? Just a task? Is that all prayer is? It should not be that. It is, a mere, is it a mere obligation? Do you consider that this taste of requirement of Christian life? Does it seem to be a waste of time that you could use for doing other things seemingly more important and pleasurable? Now, if your answer to any of these questions is yes, you really do need to study the Word of God with me. Amen? Because prayer should be not a task, but a pleasure. Amen? Amen. It should be a joy for us to go into the presence of the Lord and... um, Maybe something I need to say right now is that we, we need to uh, come to our time of prayer and be more concerned about others and the needs of others than we are about our own needs. Amen? Amen. And if you very quickly in your mind this morning will uh, consider the life of Jesus, he was never concerned about himself. All that he did, all that he prayed, all that he accomplished was for others. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So I'm asking you today and as we continue this study in the weeks to come to give very careful attention to uh, the scriptures that we will be reading and the stories that we will be sharing with you. Now to the unbeliever it seems incredible that we would pray to an unseen being. You are crazy. That's what they think. Okay? Be out of your mind. Where is this God you're praying to? But I can tell you from personal experience that He is real. Amen. He is real. I was very impressed with this a few years ago when we were still in Brazil. We had moved to northeastern Brazil rented a three-bedroom apartment. One bedroom became an office. The other one became kind of a day room where we had a day bed. And that was where I would go every morning to pray. And it was so amazing (coughs) as I would walk into that room. I, I would not even get my knees on the floor. I was bending my knees. And it just seemed like the presence of God just enveloped me. Now, we were in an apartment building. I had to pray very quietly, and I'm sure that none of my neighbors would have appreciated a loud voice, all right? And, uh, <clears throat> but that did not mean that God was not with me. It didn't mean that God did not hear me. And uh, so I had such joyous times of prayer in His presence. So it is, you know, because some don't believe that we can pray to an unseen thing. So it is that many so-called religious people make images to which they pray. Their lack of faith requires them to have some object in their home, their office, their car, and even on their person. 
It is such a tremendous blessing to know that God, although invisible, hears us, embraces us, makes his presence known, and fills us with so much love and so many blessings because we simply take time to pray and to communicate with him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Brother Miguel, I hope you're not like that guy that wife asked him, said, uh, do you love me? And he said, I told you that we got married, and uh, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> Doesn't cut it, Paul. <laughs> Doesn't work. Uh, and our Lord wants to hear from us. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I really do love you. Amen. Oh my. Clock is my enemy. I want to start this morning by reading the Lord's parable from Luke 18, 1 through 8. And he spake a parable unto them to this, to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but, obtain, but afterward he said to himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard men, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. I had to pause and to think about those two things in connection. Uh, why did he talk about faith on the earth? Well, it's in connection with prayer. If you don't have faith, you're not going to pray. If you do not believe that God hears you, you're not going to pray. If you do not believe that prayer makes a difference in your life and the lives of others, then you obviously are not going to pray. So when the Lord returns, he is going to have to find faith on the earth because that faith in his answering power and his desire to answer will be what makes a difference in our lives and the lives of others. Amen? Amen. Now there are some things in verse 1 that are important for us to take note of. All right? <clears throat> Put verse 1 back up for me, Sister Gina, please. And uh, it, it was a parable. It did not involve real people, but was offered to teach a valuable truth and should not be ignored. This is part of God's Word. All right? The parable was taught to teach us that men ought always to pray. Always to pray. Can we emphasize that in our minds today? Always to pray. pray should, prayer should be a part of every Christian life. It should be something that we practice on a regular basis. Ought always to pray. Now exactly what does that mean? Well... I guess we can go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 where it says, pray without ceasing. Don't have to put that up, Sister Gina. 
Pray without ceasing. Just very simple three words. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? That we're going to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week on our needs praying? No. But our hearts can be in an attitude of prayer. We can be connected to God in such a way as we follow Him in obedience to His Word and His pattern of obedience for our lives that at any given moment we are able to come immediately into the presence of God. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's right. That's good. Amen. So many in their irregular prayer life, that when crisis comes into their lives, they go running to the back, oh, pastor, pray for me. You know, I, I guess maybe I'm kind of hard-hearted, but, um, you know, I, I have, I have, I've, I've received many people, many prayer requests uh, over the internet and all, pray for me, and, and, well, fine. I, I will endeavor to do that, but the pure, sheer volume would mean that I would be spending almost my whole day in prayer. All right? Maybe not a bad thing, but there are other things that need to be accomplished. But I have encouraged them to pray. You pray. You have the same access to God that I have. You have the same right to go to God in prayer that I do. Right. You pray. But they don't feel that instant contact with God because they have been disobedient to God and disobedient to His Word and they have not lived a life of just perpetual connection with God. And when crisis strikes, they're not ready. I hope you're understanding me today. Praise God. We've got to live ready to face any crisis that comes. Yes, amen. Please don't drive down the road with your eyes closed. All right? Please. Am I going to catch a taxi that has no driver? No. Self-driving car? Uh-uh. I want to do it myself. I am never going to get away from that. Maybe some of you younger people will uh, get to that, but I'm not going to get there. All right? All right? And when it comes to praying, I want to pray for myself. I want to pray with the direction of the Holy Ghost in my life. I want God to use me in prayer. Yeah. Did you understand that? I want God to use me in prayer. I understand perfectly that God knows what we have need of even before we pray. I understand that. Okay? But He still wants us to pray. And if we, don't, if we need an example, all we have to do is look at the Lord Jesus Christ. The man Christ Jesus. Alright? He was both man and God. As a man, and a, in a, as God in a fleshly tabernacle, that fleshly tabernacle had to pray. To overcome everything that was against him. Right. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, some people said to me what they said to Jesus, I'll tell you what, I, I'll be ready to go to Fifth City, you know. <laughs> and the only thing that's going to keep us under control, smile at me, Brother Miguel, <laughs> uh, is prayer and communication with God that will help us to remain calm in situations that can be very discouraging. 
Now it says that we men ought always to pray and not to faint. What does that mean? No. It just means very simply, I read that I just did a research on this in several different translations of the Bible. And it just means don't lose heart. Don't give up. Right. Amen. That's what it means. All right? Amen. Not faint. Yeah. Don't become discouraged. Don't think that God's not hearing you. Continue to pray. God will hear you. And this is exemplified to us from this parable that we have just read. Amen. And I want to ask you another question this morning. And I, I love to ask questions because questions cause us to think. At least I hope they do. Yes, sir. Can we truly call ourselves followers of Christ and true Christian if we are not obeying the command of this passage of Scripture? Huh? I'm a Christian. Well, I hope you are. To the point where you are praying according to the instructions that we receive in this parable. Praying in accordance with 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. I'm going to go very quickly this morning because I, I, I do. I got four pages here. Dear Lord, help me. First, uh, Second Chronicles chapter six. All right, <clears throat> records the dedication of what is known as Solomon's Temple. Verses twelve to forty-two records Solomon's prayer of dedication. It is an absolutely awesome prayer. Okay. If anybody wants a copy of this Bible study, I'd be happy to share it with you, but. Uh, I didn't take time to print that many out this morning. I was working, I did a work on this a couple of days and just uh, researching and didn't have time to print out copies for everyone, but I'd be happy to furnish them to you. All right. <clears throat> All right. Verses 12 to 42 recalled Solomon's prayer of dedication. We do not have time to read that this morning, but I want to encourage you to read it. Uh, with leisure in your home, for it, it will be a blessing to you to hear the requests of Solomon and how he besought the Lord for his blessings. It is a pattern that we can follow, all right? Solomon, includes his, uh, Solomon concludes his prayer in verse 42, and I'm going to read this to you from two different uh, translations. First of all, the King James, O Lord, turn not away the face of thine anointed, Remember the mercies of David thy servant. I was a little uncertain as to what that really meant. So I went to the, I went to the NIV, and here's what it says. Oh Lord, do not reject your anointed one. He's referring to his father David. All right. Remember the kindnesses promised to David your servant. Wow. Okay. Now, we too, as children of God, as people who have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with God's Spirit, we have privileges because through this experience of repentance of water baptism and filling the Holy Ghost, we have come to be the children of God. All right? All right? Amen. Just a moment, your children have privileges because they're your children. Right? They come into my house, they don't have the same privileges. <laughs> I got to make you laugh a little bit here to make this medicine go down bad, okay? But as God's children, we have privileges. 
I used to just laugh and laugh and laugh. My two oldest boys married the same year, all right, about three months apart. And uh, uh, they lived close nearby, and they would come to our house. And the first thing they would do is go into the kitchen and get into the refrigerator. And young brother, Stephen, the youngest of the family, he'd come out and say, get out of the refrigerator. That's my refrigerator. You got your refrigerator at home. That's my refrigerator. You know how many right to things that are in there. Oh, my. It was hilarious. All right? It was hilarious. You are a child of God, my friend. You have rights and privileges. You have a right to God's storehouse. Or if I can say you have a right to God's refrigerator, all right? <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right? Now, uh, Solomon prayed, and he asked God to remember the promises that he made to David. Now, what does that mean to me? It means to me, and it means to you, and I want to point this out this morning, that there is a great necessity for reading and knowing God's Word. That's God's contract with you. If you don't know what's in that contract, you don't know what you have a right to. Right, that's good. Okay? A lot's being said today about our Constitution. My God, leave the thing alone. It served us well for, what, 300 years? Thereabouts, all right? Served us well. Leave it alone, all right? It's the contract that we have with our government, or at least we thought we had that. Now, God's Word, inspired by God and written by God-anointed men, tells us what we have rights to, what, our, what, our, what is required of us, what our obligations are, yeah. and also what are our rights. And so when we come to God in prayer, if we know what our rights are, we can... Just say, Lord, hey, I remember such and such a verse, Lord. This is what you said in your word. Yes, sir. That's right. Amen. That's what is known and what we refer to as praying the word. Yes. All right. Sister Wong. I was just going to comment about the mercies of David. Is he referring to? But there was one thing about David that he prayed constantly that God search his heart. Yes. Search me and let me know if there's any wicked thing. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Absolutely. So we can never know what are our rights and privileges unless we read the Word of God. Right. <laughs> I know you just, you're going to think I did a hammer on that. And I do hammer on it because I feel it's important, all right? All right, now, 
Now, in the in the in the in the uh, First Chronicles uh, seven and thirteen, there are three ifs. You know, that's kind of an interesting word, if, huh? Interesting word, if. It is such a small word. What wow does it ever have meaning? Huh? It just has a lot of meaning. So here God says, If I shut up heaven, that there be no more rain. If I commanded the locusts to devour the land, if I send peasants among my people, if, 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 all right? Now that if became a reality because Israel disobeyed God. And sickness came and pestilences came and captivity came and they lost battles that they should never have lost all because they were disobedient to God. Just very simple, but seemed to be so complicated for them and complicated to a lot of people today. Now, I know that we're accustomed to having no rain here in the summertime. That's pretty normal for us here in the San Joaquin Valley. But uh, we missed rain, missed a lot of rain. And Boy, this year we got it, and we got about another five days of rain coming up beginning Tuesday. Okay? All right? They were mostly people involved with the earth and planting and grapes and all of that sort of thing, and they needed rain. And if God set up the rain, things were going to get bad in a hurry. And I don't know what you know about locusts. I know what I've read about them. They can be absolutely the most devastating creatures on God's earth. They come in swarms and they can strip a tree of all of its leaves in one night. Remember when I was in biology class in, in high school, we had to uh, do some dissecting work of grasshoppers. Well, they weren't these little tiny grasshoppers. Those things were six inches long. I mean, they had a set of chompers that could just really really chew things up, all right? Whether you want to call them locusts or grasshoppers or whatever, they're all about the same breed of cat, all right? And they destroy things. If I send pestilence, I mean, what? how many pestilence do we have? Maybe not devouring our crops, but we have the pestilences of sickness today, things that we never heard of 10 or 15 years ago are becoming more and more prevalent today. Pestilences, and they come. Okay, we can, we can describe these things from, from uh, the, the, the time of, of the kings into our own vernacular today to decide what are those pestilences that we have to put up with. And these things affected them. These things were important to them. All right? And there are things that are important to us. Now we're going to go into verse 14. All right? Verse 14. And we're going to find the same word in verse 14. Only it is in a different context, okay? In a different context. And in this context, in verse 14, God says to 
uh, Solomon. God appeared to Solomon after his prayer. God was pleased with Solomon's prayer. And God appeared to Solomon and said, If my people which are called by my name, all right, if they shall humble themselves, if they pray, if they seek my faith and turn from their wicked way, okay? All right? Now, we are the people of the name. We've been baptized in Jesus' name according to the teaching of scriptures, and we're not going into that this morning. But we are the people of the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We pray in his name. Yes. All right? And, and, and so this scripture is to us. It's to me. It's to you. You can say, Lord, yes, I am a part of your family. I have been baptized in your name. Amen? Amen. All right? All right. Now what do we need to do to have access to God? The Bible says that if they humble themselves, oh my Lord, that is so difficult for some people to humble themselves. Now I just want you to answer a question for yourself. Would you rather humble yourself or be humbled by God? I want to tell you what, self-humbling is a lot easier to deal with than a humbling that comes by God. All right? Amen. He can do it, and my friend, he can do a royal job of it. All right? <laughs> he can humble you to the point that you wish you'd never been born. All right? So it's very important for you to humble yourself. All right? Now, being having been baptized in Jesus' name, having received the Holy Ghost, has given you a great experience with God, but it doesn't stop there. I have known people that have this apostolic experience, and but yet they are not humble now. Somehow or the other, they got a hold of some arrogance and pride back down the road somewhere. And I was talking in one church one time about all of the demonic activity that we had to deal with in Brazil, and that there were times when we actually had to confine people and and pray with them for a week in order to get victory over all of the power of the enemy in their life. And he said, oh, that'll never happen to me. I just say, come out of them, and that's what happened. Well, let's go to Brazil. I got a lifetime work for you, okay? And uh, I think that you'll find that what I said was true. Brother Billy Cole, who visited us in Brazil, said the demons here are strong in the United States that are weak. Why? Because we have so many churches and so many people praying that it drives back the power of the enemy. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, humble themselves and pray. Brother Paul, come up here, please. And uh, the Bible says, I seek my face. You know, this, this term, seek my face, you will find in various places in Scripture. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? Seek my face. And I thought, I, I've got to find this out. And I talked to the Lord about it. And the Lord helped me to understand what it meant. And I got kind of a, uh, a good example of this. My wife and I were attending the Western District Camp Meeting in Santa Maria, down on the coast. And uh, we went to a restaurant. And uh, the waitress said, Well, 
What do you want to do? Just my wife and I said, you want to sit side by side and hold hands or sit across the table from one another and look at each other. <laughs> I said, just see, take on that. All right. Now, I didn't think. But God talked to me about this scripture. He said to seek my face. All right. All right. Okay, I'm going to suppose that you give your wife a hug, all right? All right? You're out on the street. You give your wife a hug. And so you give her a hug like this, all right? You're not looking in her face. And how does she know that you're not looking at that curvaceous blonde walking down the street? <laughs> <laughs> See my face. Look in the face of God. Thank you. Yes. 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 Oh my. So we seek God's face. All right. We endeavor to look directly at God. We don't circumvent our vision of God. We look at Him. We endeavor to see Him. Amen. In the Spirit, we endeavor to see Him and contemplate Him. All right? And then the other thing, the fifth thing in this list is, and to turn from their wicked ways. Now, we may look at our own lives and say, well, you know, I got a few things in my life that need to be straightened out. Uh, I don't really call them wicked ways, but... You know, it, with God, anything that is not according to his plan and purpose is wicked. And it's going to separate you from God. All right? Now, you've got to be God's people. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to pray. And you've got to seek God's face. You're not going to forget that illustration right again. <laughs> Picked on Paul because his wife's not in here. <laughs> all right. And turn from their wicked ways. All right. Now, very quickly this morning, and Sister Tina going to put these things up just as quick as she can. Wow, I'm out of time. Serving the Lord in Acts 20:19. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and contain. I want to tell you one thing. I'm going to be very blunt this morning. Can I have five minutes? Thank you. Thank you. I please forgive me if you are offended by this, but I am very suspicious of someone's experience with God. If I never see them broken in God's presence. If I never see them shedding tears in God's yeah, presence. Yeah, that's so true. If I never see them somehow having some kind of an, an ex- emotional encounter with God. Yeah. And I have lived long enough to see some of those that did not have that. And they did not endure as Christians. We have got to come to God in humility and be broken and 
and, and cry and weep. And all of you already know me well enough to know that I've got to have a box of tissues very close all the time. In my morning prayers, my little favorite spot, I have a big box of Kleenex. Those little packages just don't get it for me, all right? I got to have the big box, all right? And when I get through with my prayer in the morning, I've got a wad this big, all right? Because I just pray and snot all over the place, all right? Excuse me, but I feel God's presence, yes. and it causes me to weep and to cry yes. and to be broken. Hallelujah. And when I get up for prayer, I know that I have been in the presence of God. It's as though he reached down and embraced me. Hallelujah. And Sister Gina going to the next verse in our list here. Philippians 2.8. And it's talking about our Lord Jesus. Yes, our Lord Jesus. That's what it's talking about. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Boy, some people are just not willing to turn loose of their self-will and what they want to be and Come what on. they have planned for Come their lives. But God is asking us uh, to turn loose of all of that, that he can become really king and lord of our lives. <clears throat> he wants to govern our lives. All right? He was obedient, even in the obedience of the cross. The death of the cross. Sometimes obedience to God is going to take us down a very torturous path. And a path of suffering, and a path of agony, and a path of uh, 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 that we really didn't want to walk down. But we cannot look at the moment that we're walking down that. Neither did Jesus remember that moment uh, he was looking ahead and he was seeing each one of you, hallelujah, and seeing that you would be saved in this year of 2019. And because of what he knew was going to happen in your life and my life, he was willing to humble himself and suffer and bleed and die and give all of that that you could enjoy what you have today in your life. Likewise, ye younger, First Peter, Sister Jean. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God does what? What does he do? He resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. The hand is able to crush the arrogant and the proud, able to just bear down on them and crush them, and if need be, destroy them. But that same hand is able to lift up the humble, hallelujah, and cause them to be a fruitful vine in the kingdom of God. Dane 4, 6 through 10, a little longer passage, but I, I'm going to take the time to read this up. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resist the proud. Peter says it, now James says it. But giveth grace unto the humble. 
Submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will free, flee from you. Come up your name. Alright? Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Say that word with me. Resist. Resist. Alright? You know, when the devil comes against you, I know this guy works out. I'm a little bit fearful here, but I'm just using him as an example this morning. And uh, a few years ago, I I preached this youth congress, and the part of one of my part of my message was an arm wrestling match with a guy that uh, worked with concrete. He was ooh tough, and we did an arm wrestling. He came up there, man. He just knew that he was going to win. And I thought he would too. I didn't think I had a chance. I really didn't think I had a chance. But man, when we locked right up here in that position, I thought, you know what? I might win this. And I did. All right? <laughs> he didn't realize who he was up against. All right? And when the devil comes against you, he doesn't know who he's up against. Yes. Let me tell you, if you are a person of prayer and you communicate with God yeah. and God renews you in his Holy Spirit every day, the devil is no match for you. Did you right. understand yes. me? Yes. Hear me. Hallelujah. The Bible says just resist the devil. All right? So you just stick out your little finger and you just poke him. Now, he has lost so many battles to so many powerful Christians that when you resist, he doesn't know what is behind that resistance. And if you just resist, he is going to flee. Just resist. You don't have to have any great power. Thank you. All right? Just resist. That's all you've got to do, resist. I got so tired of hearing people. Oh, the devil made me do it. I'm sorry. The devil didn't make you do anything at all. And that is one of the lamest excuses I've ever heard. The devil didn't make you do anything. Now you may have done it because you're a carnal person, but the devil didn't make you do it. He doesn't have that kind of power over you. If you will resist him, the Bible said, he will flee from you, all right? <coughs> Draw nigh to God. What's going to happen then? Well, do, do you notice a pattern here? That the first step is ours. Amen. The first action is ours. Yes. If we will resist the devil, he'll flee. Amen. All right? If we draw an eye to God, then he's going to draw an eye to us. He wants to know that you want him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So interesting how some people want to date and get married, you know. They want this woman or this woman wants that man and they think that just wanting is enough. There's got to be a mutual want. All right? And so if we want God, 
then he will want us and he will approach to us. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. That's the instruction. So when I'm talking to you about mourning and weeping and crying and being broken in the presence of God, I'm talking to you out of God's word. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and he will lift you up. Praise God. Praise God. And very quickly. Very quickly. In the book of Luke again. Verses 9 through 14, Jesus gives us another example. And and, and what a tremendous example this is. Two men come to the house of God to pray. There's a Pharisee. Oh, my, he is just, whoosh, man, he is. He is the cock of the walk. He is important. I don't know who, but anyway, he thinks he is, all right? Yeah. They go down the street corner and wrap their robes around them. Almighty God! You know, they just, you know, that big hypocritical prayer, okay? That's what Jesus meant when he talked about, you know, offering prayers on the street corner. But he said, when you pray, get in your closet and pray to your God in secret. And he that hears you in secret will reward you openly. Never forget the first school of mission that my wife and I attended years ago. I had a veteran missionary that was giving a class. But he gave his class right after somebody had given a class about the gifts of the Spirit. And he got me and said, you know, he said, I don't know whether I've got any, get any of those gifts or not. But he said, I have one gift. And he said, that's the gift of suspicion. And he said, when somebody walks into my church, church that I pastored, it's got a Bible big enough that you almost need a wheelbar to carry it. He said, my gift goes to operate. He said, I know what a hypocrite this guy is. And we used to have a guy who used to visit our church, lived with my wife, remember. He would never say a word while everybody else was worshiping. When everything got quiet, he'd go, hallelujah. <laughs> he wanted everybody to look at him. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. You know, uh, it's hilarious it wasn't so serious. Because the bottom line of this whole thing is the salvation of a soul. All right? Salvation of a soul. Yes. All right? Yes. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. And. So we must come to God with a broken and a contrite spirit. Never thinking that we are better than someone else. So this Pharisee comes in and he thinks he's really the catch me out. God, I am so glad that I'm not like this publican down here at the other end of the altar. You know, I, I fast, what is it, two or three times a week. I give tithes of everything that I earn. I do this, and I do that, and I do something else, and I, and I, and I, and I. But that poor pulling is out there, and he just bowed his head. God. Be merciful to be a sinner. His humility resulted in his justification. 
He went to his house justified. While the Pharisee went back to his house with the same spirit and the same attitude with which he had gone to the house of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to have to examine ourselves. And 1 Corinthians chapter number 28 says that a man should examine himself. Your pastor is never going to come to you and tell you you're wrong, you're in sin, unless it's very, very obvious. But you know what's in your heart. You know, I was just meditating on the scripture the other day. David said, let the thoughts, let my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, not my words, but my thoughts, be acceptable in thy sight, O God. I don't know what your thought process is, but it must be acceptable to God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Well, I hope that I've said something today that can stimulate you just a little bit more to a life of prayer and dedication to God. Let's stand together. Let's Oh God. We how weak we are, how frail we are, how sinful we can be. How that we can be people who are not filled with the right thought process. And therefore not be accepted in thy sight. But oh God, I want an audience with you. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you face to face, Lord. Hallelujah. Like Moses did, God. I want to talk to you face to face, Lord. Hallelujah. I repent of any sin that's in my life. I confess any wrong thought that's in my mind. I confess it to you, Lord. Cleanse me and purify me and make me holy, O oh God, so that I will be worthy to come into your presence, worthy to stand before you, worthy to have my words heard in prayer. Oh God. 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 Bless this congregation. Bless every member of this congregation. Oh God, and may this little Bible study today stimulate us, oh God, to understand that our life of prayer is of great importance to our spiritual survival. Oh God, it is important to the souls of those who are not saved for whom we will pray. Indeed, we lift up our voice to you and pray. Oh God, and thank you for moving in our hearts and for using your word to speak to us, oh God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord of oh my soul. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh God. Oh God.
specific manner and I, I just want to I, I'm sorry to do this I, I, I don't normally do this but I've had such a great week this week and every day seemed like the Lord moved on me in a very special way to pray for a certain group of people and one day I prayed for all of my family members. That's my children. That's my siblings. That's my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. And I called them all by name. It's not just, God bless my family. I don't believe in Reader's Digest prayers. All right? Those condensed versions just don't get the job done. Amen? And then another day, it was prayer for churches. In this area of Stockton and Manteca and Lathrop and even going up into the foothills where we were with Brother Moore two or three different times and preaching in their church there and just trying to remember all of these people and praying that God would give them a revival, specific prayer. And <clears throat> I can't remember what all the other days were, but this morning my prayer was for you for this church. I told my brother that I remembered him this morning. I saw both of you sitting right there is that place that is yours. And I prayed for you. I prayed for your health need. Praise God. Monica, you and your husband, I prayed for you and your children. Miguel, I prayed for you and your wife and your children. I've asked Brother Camarina to prepare for me, and he has done that. He forgot to bring it this morning. But a list 
of all of you and your names. Because I will take that to my place of prayer. And I will be praying for you individually. And I believe that God will reveal to me what is your specific need. And he will help me to pray against whatever it is that is holding you back from having the intimate relationship with God that you need. Praise God. Told Nathan I prayed for him. Noah, I prayed for you. Paul, I prayed for you and your wife. I prayed for all of you that I could remember. Even if I couldn't remember your name, I endeavored to describe you to God so that he would know who I was praying for. Amen. I want you to try to do the same thing. God will bless you as you do specific prayers. Amen. In a known tongue. And take those needs to God in prayer. Amen. God bless you. Let's greet one another.